Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. My name is Jake Fenner. We are recording this on the day of Bayern's most recent Champions League game. I am joined by our Twittermeister, Tom Adams. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing well today after that result in the Champions League. Obviously, it was much better than our result against Augsburg. And make that 3-for-3 three three in the Champions League. Nine points, top of Group B. I uh, can't be happier with that. I know it was a, uh, a tough performance today, but we got the job done. So all is well for now, despite some of the injuries we have. And we will be getting into that performance in our segment after 90 minutes, where we take a look back on the most recent games that Bayern Munich has played, as well as announcing a very interesting contest that we have for everybody. But before we do all of that, we're going to get into our first After 90 Minutes segment covering Bayern's Bundesliga game from this weekend against Augsburg in the first Bavarian derby we have, and pretty much the only Bavarian derby that we have this year after Nuremberg was relegated last season. So it ended up being a 2-2 draw away to Augsburg at the WWK Arena, and I know I'm not pronouncing that in the correct German, but oh well. Um... You've all come to expect our A-plus German pronunciation on this podcast, so we're going to continue in that uh, proud tradition. So, a 2-2 draw. Augsburg scored the quickest goal so far this season, under 30 seconds, just pipped Manuel Neuer right underneath his arm. Bayern Munich come back to tie it just before the half with Robert Lewandowski scoring in his eighth consecutive match, the first eight matches of the Bundesliga season. He joins Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as the only other person to do that. Then, once again, Bayern scored later on, before in the 91st minute, Alfred Finn-Bogesen got a ball sent across to him in front of the open goal, and the end result was a 2-2 draw, Bayern Munich walk out of Augsburg, uh, dropping two extra points. The current standings see Bayern Munich third behind Wolfsburg and Mönchengladbach and one spot ahead of Borussia Dortmund. So, Tom, what were your thoughts on this performance from Bayern? So much of uh, memories from last year, if you recall, when we were at the WWK Arena on a Friday night game and Augsburg scored on us within, I believe it was the first minute, But in my opinion, this game can just kind of be boiled down to two things, aside from the Nicolas Sula injury, which did not help us at all. Um, And those two things are ruining the missed chances that we had. There is no denying the fact that we had more than enough credible chances on target um, between Serge Gnabry, Kingsley Coman, Robert Lewandowski. Yes, Gnabry and Lewandowski scored, but they had far more chances than they actually converted. Um, Coutinho had a sitter. Uh, right from the six-yard block, and then we all know uh, Thomas Muller right at the end, only coming on for 10 minutes. He did have a bit of a howler uh, with that opportunity just outside the six-yard box, and then right at the end when they were on the break, he maybe should have played either Kingsley Coman or Lewandowski when they were on that break, but um, it's hard to fault him having not played in so long and you know being brought on to a difficult situation when Augsburg were chasing the game. And then with the defensive lapses, you know, going back, to the age-old saying, you know, you have to play football for 90 minutes, otherwise you're not going to get the result 
uh, that you need to grind out. You know, champions of any respective league grind out results even when they're not playing the best, their best. Excuse me. And on the first goal, it was just one of those things. I think it was Lucas Hernandez kind of had a botched clearance that sent it straight up into the sky um, in between the 6 and the 18 um, in Bayern's area. And, you know, I noticed both Pavard and Sula kind of ma- both made the, su- the same run uh, to close down the player who wound up heading the ball right uh, to Marco Richter, who was just wide open. And there's really not much Manuel Neuer could have done you know, from such close range. And as you mentioned, it just pipped right under his left arm. And, you know, it was the worst possible start that Bayern could have could have asked for because then Augsburg and Martin Schmidt had the luxury and the flexibility to be able to say, okay, now we can pick our moments, you know, to, to roam forward and kind of sit tight um, and thwart everything that Bayern have to throw at us because now Bayern um, have to chase the game. And I thought that the, the midfield setup of, you know, Oxford in there, Richter, Niederlechner leading the press when Bayern were in possession in the back. Moravic, um, Renya Kadira, Vargas, they all did a very good job of kind of eliminating, you know, most of the threats that Bayern had. And I know this was one of the games that we all discussed um, amongst our community and in our comments and the match awards and the observations where Coutinho was kind of invisible. Augsburg did a good job of keeping him very quiet and not giving him any time on the, on the ball. And it was another one of those situations where our widebacks you know, um, at the time after uh, Sula had gone down, um, we kind of went to a back three with uh, Hernandez, Prevard, um, and I believe it was Alba at the back. And then it was forcing the widebacks to kind of roam forward, leaving all that space there, which was leaving plenty of dangerous areas for Augsburg to get into. And uh, it was just one of those situations where we came out, made the right adjustments in the second half, and we were a much, much stronger side in the second half. Obviously, Nat Gnabry got us off to a great start with his goal uh, in the 49th minute, and from from there, you thought that Bayern were going to press the issue, take the initiative, and maybe grab a couple more goals, but again, just those defensive lapses, um, and as you mentioned, the goal from uh, substitute Alfred van Bogesen at the end, I think that um, that did kind of start from Muller on that break, that situation I mentioned earlier, where Bayern were on the counterattack, they had numbers forward, I believe it was a 3v1 situation involving Coman, uh, Lewandowski and Muller, and Muller just made the wrong decision and played a hospital pass, and Augsburg got it, played two passes forward, the next thing you know, Cordova has it on the right-hand side, Hernandez looks like he gets himself in an awkward situation, takes a spill, and then as you mentioned, sends the cross in, Finn Bogusen's in the right spot, uh, Pavard may be a little bit guilty of, you know, stopping his tracking run at the worst possible time, because Finn Bogusen was right behind him and poked it in, and yeah, um, absolutely feels like two points lost from Bayern's perspective you know even when you're not playing well as I said if you want to be the champions you have to grind out those results and you know had some some more of our chances gone in um, and had we done a better job in front of goal we probably would have come away maybe 4-1 5-2 4-2 winners in this but um, that just wasn't how it happened so I'm sure that's something that Kovac would have stressed you know midweek and in the or excuse me uh in the weekend following this match and then the build-up to the match against Olympiacos, which obviously was a different story. As we mentioned, that matchup with Olympiacos was a completely different story from this. And you saw in this game, people like Thomas Muller got on and got their chances, but for some reason, nobody was able to convert on any of them it really seemed like a game in which Bayern could not be able to take advantage of anything and even though they were gifted absolutely 
phenomenal opportunities. They just couldn't get it done. A little bit of statistical rundown from this. Bayern Munich had 78% possession in this game to Augsburg's 22. Augsburg had seven shots on goal out of nine. Bayern had nine shots on goal out of 24. Nine to 24. I'm pulling out my calculator very quick so that I can make sure what percentage that is. That's 38% on target to 77% on target for Augsburg. Augsburg committed more fouls. They both got the same amount of yellow cards. They were offsides more times. Byron had more corner kicks. Uh, they had one less save. And yeah, if you if you're hitting the target only 38% of the time, uh, something needs to something needs to change <laughs> really 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 quickly. So naturally, bringing on Thomas Muller may have. Uh, seemed like the right idea, but he wasn't able to take care of anything either. Uh, Tom, what were you? Th- what were your thoughts on his output in this game? And do you think it possibly set back his case to break into the starting eleven? Well, quite frankly, I think it's kind of an odd one because, as I mentioned, he was brought on. Um, you know, into a very difficult situation. You know, a 2-1 lead is always very dangerous. Um, and I think that, as you mentioned, only coming on for 10 minutes, the sample size was was too small. I know in our, our live tweet, I had basically made the point that Muller had come on, he had missed the opportunity, and then had some really poor decision-making in that final uh, fast break that he should have played Lewandowski or Coman. Um, he wound up giving it away, and that led to uh, Augsburg's uh, stoppage time equalizer, um, but I don't think there's anything deeper than that. I think you just have to take it for what it is. And obviously, we're not there on the touchlines when uh, Muller was being briefed by Nico Kovac and uh, Bayern's coaching staff before he came on. You know, he could have been given specific instructions, you know, adopt a wide position. I want you to press Augsburg's defenders when they're in possession, or I want you to track back. I want you to do X or O. You know, you, we don't, you don't know entirely what was told to him before he came onto the pitch. So for all we know, he could have executed what was asked of him perfectly, um, bar those uh, fluff chances in the end. But um, I don't think this is enough of a sample size to really um, say one thing or the other about Muller. You know, the collective performance of the team was not where it should have been as far as, you know, converting chances and not defending holistically for 90 minutes. And that's the reason why we dropped two points. And um, yeah, obviously, I think against Olympiacos, we really showed some vintage Tom- Thomas Muller and what Thomas Muller can do um, with the right amount of time, the right amount of backing, and uh, the right amount of confidence. And I think with that performance, he showed, you know what, he doesn't need confidence. He can come off of a, of a poor performance or a performance where he only gets five or ten minutes and, and show you what he's capable of. So, overall... Augsburg had a pretty decent performance out of all of this. Let's not let's not take that away from them. Even though they didn't possess nearly as much as they should, they got uh, backed down and backed into a corner, and they were able to come out on top. They currently sit third from the bottom in the table. Uh, their only uh, results on the season were this draw a draw against Freiburg, and I think that's it. Um, They play against Wolfsburg this weekend. 
Uh, how do you think they'll fare against the current team in second place? Oh, quite simply, um, a few people may know this uh, about me from some of the tweets that I float about, but um, literally my favorite Bundesliga player that's not on Bayern Munich is Vote Weghorst. Um, and unless it's at Bayern's expense, I'm never going to vote against that guy um, and the rest of Wolfsburg. Um, quite honestly, um, I don't think that Augsburg are going to get a result out of this game. I think Wolfsburg are just in too good a form. Um, I think they played really well and could have even gotten full three points against Leipzig this past weekend, but only came one, came away excuse me with the the 1-1 draw. Um, yeah, Augsburg gave us a really good fight and perhaps did definitely deserve that point, but I don't think that they will fare as well um, against Wolfsburg. Meanwhile, Bayern Munich play against Union Berlin this weekend, and we will cover that more in depth again in our show, Der Ausblick, which will be released the day before the game. So that'll wrap up our review of the game against Augsburg. When we come back after this quick break, we will talk about Bayern's success in the Champions League against Olympiacos. Hi, everybody. Now, before we get back to the show, I want to tell you all about an exciting contest we have for our listeners. We have now officially partnered with FC Bayern Munich's U.S. office, which will bring you listeners a better experience and will help us grow as a podcast as a whole. Now, to mark this occasion, we're doing a contest for our listeners where one of you will be able to win a signed jersey from none other than Thomas Müller in a contest we're calling hashtag Müllerween. Get it? Because Halloween. Now, what do you have to do to win? Just three easy things. Number one, go on Twitter. Follow us at BavarianFBWorks and be sure that you're following the Bayern Munich US account at FC Bayern US. Number two, tweet at us using the hashtag Mullerween and share with us your scariest Bayern Munich moment within reason. And number three, download the first podcast we make after Halloween where we will announce the winner. You have until October 31st to enter the contest. Best of luck and thank you very much to Bayern Munich for agreeing to do this with us. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. And now we go into our second game against Olympiacos. A 3-2 win for Bayern Munich to see them go atop Group B, or rather I should say remain atop Group B with nine points after three games. It was a 3-2 win for Bayern Munich. The first goal being scored by Olympiacos early on in the game, it was, uh, it was a very close goal. It basically could have been a 3-1 game. Uh, Manuel Neuer dove and made what looked like a phenomenal save, but he just barely, barely missed out on it. The ball creeped past him and a little bit over the goal line to make it one nothing for uh, the Greek side who was playing at home. Then a couple minutes later, uh, Thomas Muller basically got his first assist. It's not going to go down as an assist, but it basically could be called that. He put a shot on Jose Sa, the Olympiacos goalkeeper. He deflected it right in front of him to an oncoming Robert Lewandowski who buried it in the back of the net to bring it even. After that, a goal from Lewandowski later on. Uh, it was debated whether or not it would be onside, but it came off of a corner kick 
it was headed once in the air by, I'm not sure if it was Alaba or Corinton Taliso, but it was headed in the air to Thomas Muller, who headed it down and in front of him to where Robert Lewandowski was standing, and Lewandowski slotted it home to make it two to one. And then, with under 20 minutes remaining in the game, Corinton Taliso took a nice curled shot to make it 3-1 from the top of the box, and then... Incredibly unfortunate for Tiago Alcantara, but a goal was given up uh, basic, almost basically by him when an Olympiacos player took a shot from a while away, it deflected off of Tiago and took this weird dive far and down to the left from where uh, Manuel Neuer was standing and it went into the back of the net to make it 3-2, but Byron was able to hold it out for the rest of the time and 3-2 was the final score so overall it wasn't the cleanest game that Bayern Munich has played in the Champions League so far but they got the job done nonetheless Tom uh what did you think of it yeah I just got to start off by saying had it not been for Guillerme's uh, goal in the second half off of Thiago's deflection Neuer obviously would have had that if uh, it didn't hit off Thiago that would have been uh, the first time both of us got our predictions right in Der Ausblick because we both predicted 3-1 and I was so ready for that to, to be the final score and then that deflection had to happen. Still happy that we got the win, but that would have been the first time my prediction would have been right from Der Ausblick in the actual result itself. So I was a little bummed about that, but again, uh, very pleased with the absolute with the uh, overall result. And this one kind of played out exactly how I thought it would, you know, going into this uh, Pedro Martins and Olympiacos were in a very difficult spot in Group B in the Champions League, having had that blunder against Red Star where they got the red card in the second half and then blew a one-goal lead, wound up losing 3-1. to one. So really for this, going into that, going into this one for them, anything less than uh, three points really puts them in a bad situation. Uh, they still have to go to North London and face Tottenham. Uh, they obviously still have to come to the Allianz Arena. So they have some difficult matches uh, ahead of them. And obviously getting this result today dug themselves an even deeper hole. But with that said, I knew that they were going to kind of play in waves, so to speak. I knew that from the from the first whistle, the home crowd at the Karaskakis Arena would be very uh, vociferous, uh, as they were. Pyrotechnics, the sirens, as you mentioned in the background, uh, they were up for it. Every little positive thing in that opening stage that went uh, Olympiacos' way, the crowd were banging behind it. Um, and then the goal uh, after uh, 20 minutes had gone was just kind of a simple um, switch of possession. Byron had lost the ball in Olympiacos' half. They played uh, a quick diagonal ball from right to left. I think I believe it was Potence, the, the Portuguese winger, who was actually a doubt coming into this game with an injury but wound up playing anyways. Um, just switched the ball out, and then the cross came in, and as you mentioned, just barely over the line. I have to admit, when I initially was watching that in real time, it did look as if Neuer had saved it, but the goal line technology did show that it just marginally uh, crossed the line uh, in completion, and Olympiacos took the lead. But with that said, I was very worried um, at that point that Bayern would kind of fold and kind of let play the occasion. You know, this is what uh, something I've heard from all of the, the post-match from Liverpool and Man United where they were saying Liverpool were the better team, but they were playing the occasion rather than the actual game. Uh, Bayern know that they are um, the better team on paper and they know the game that they want to play. But, you know, oftentimes when you're in those hostile environments, you know, um, more so in the eastern part of Europe, 
you know, you can kind of let the occasion get the better of you. And that was just the one fear I had after Olympiacos did get that early goal. But credit to Niko Kovac, credit to Bayern for, you know, responding well with that Lewandowski goal. Um, and as you mentioned, it is kind of heartbreaking that Muller won't get an assist for that. But um, I want to start off by saying that was a fantastic ball in from Javi Martinez to recognize the run uh, from Lewandowski and a great adjustment from Lewandowski to realize that he didn't have the position um, to get power on the header and that he should just cushion it back to Muller, who had a lovely volley. Lewandowski was there for the rebound. Um, and I think that started to show uh, Bayern get a little bit more of a, a foothold in this game and s- start to settle the occasion down and start to play their game. And, uh, you know, going into this, Kovac knew that Olympiacos had to take their risks. They had to know when to play direct, to bomb forward, and when to stay back, um, keep a compact shape to, you know, not leave too much space uh, in behind. And then, again, Lewandowski is just the man on fire right now after Coutinho's corner, after uh, Muller had hit it back to him. Slight questions of offsides there. I think he might have even maybe been, like, just a hair offside, but... You know, the goal stood and like freaking rubber knee from Robert Lewandowski getting his round, his, excuse me, his leg around uh, the giant tomato to uh, to poke that in. And it's 2-1. And obviously losing Lucas Hernandez in the second half didn't help us at all. Uh, we kind of had to make that tactical switch, but credit to Boateng. You know, I thought he did a decent job coming into a difficult situation, um, you know, and, and, and holding strong for when he needed to. Uh, and then Toliso's goal was my favorite goal of this match. I think Coutinho, possibly in that situation, when he was in the box, could have just rolled the ball back to Tolisso in the first place instead of trying to take the shot himself because he had a lot of defenders. Uh, I think it was Semedo and Maria right in front of him. But um, nonetheless, he takes the shot. The deflection goes right to Tolisso. He you know, does a nice job of opening, of hi- opening his hips, giving himself a half yard of space, and bearing it into the upper right corner. And from that point on, I honestly thought it was going to finish 3-1 to one or 4-1, to one, but but credit to Olympiacos for continuing to throwing bodies forward. Um, and as, as we mentioned, the, the Guillerme shot, very, very lucky. Um, a very fortuitous uh, deflection off of Tiago's arm, actually. Uh, you, you could even argue that was a handball, but you knew that Tiago was just trying to get in front of it to, to stop the shot and maybe deflect it either sideways, backwards for a goal kick, but nothing really Neuer could do. Um, but I think this game should just be defined by, you know, Bayern's response to going down early, you know, keeping their shape, adjusting once again uh, to yet another unfortunate injury. It does look as if Hernandez is going to be out for a few weeks. Um, and again, have to give a special out to Tom, special shout out, excuse me, to Thomas Muller, who I thought uh, was one of Bayern's best players on the night. Uh, aside uh, Robert Lewandowski, you know, a lot of people sometimes question whether he can play in a wide position and first off people sometimes have been questioning can Coutinho and Muller share the pitch and I think today proved that yes they absolutely can and this can be a blueprint moving forward whether it's the Champions League, uh, Bundesliga, DFB Pokal, whatever the occasion is you know I think tonight proved that both of them can use the space um, and interchange when they need to and another thing I noticed about Muller um, sometimes when it's Gnabry and Coman on the flanks those two aren't as uh, or I should say they're a bit more reluctant to come back as much as Thomas Muller does. And um, I know one of the amazing stats that I saw from this game in particular uh, from who scored's stats was Thomas Muller actually had the most successful tackles in the game. And that's, con- con- that's excuse me, including all of the other eight defenders in this game and all the other midfielders. Um, and that was uh, that was three. So I just thought that was a testament to how well he was either A, 
pressing up high on the pitch when Bayern were, were pressing Olympiacos in their half, or B, tracking back um, and, and you know covering his teammates when they were in transition going from offense to defense. Um, so that's just something I, I want people to be aware of if they haven't seen that statistic. And again, as I said, that can be a blueprint for Nico Kovac and Bayern fans moving forward as far as Coutinho and Muller sharing the pitch. Not only did Muller have the most tackles, he also had the second highest overall match rating out of anybody behind Robert Lewandowski. He was just .01 ahead of Corentin Tolisso. But going back to him, overall, we had, we've seen a phenomenal performance from Tomas Muller. And what I'm wondering is, do you think that this is enough to catapult him back into the conversation to get starting 11 minutes absolutely especially with uh the game in mind over the weekend coming up union berlin you know if it's not broken don't fix it and i mean why not start uh either him or the two of them um perhaps even this could be an opportunity to give coutinho a bit of a rest and and start him from the bench and maybe slot muller into that number 10 position behind Lewandowski and use either Coman and Perisic on the wings, which could be uh, a good idea considering Gnabry uh, didn't get a rest this game and he went the full 90 minutes. Um, so that might be an option uh, for Kovac as well. And then keeping Martinez as that CDM uh, with Thiago just ahead of him. And then, you know, the next four ahead of them is where he has that flexibility. And I absolutely think that Muller showed that he can be, you know, in that starting 11. And hey, I mean, if Muller's going to start and you have a guy like Coutinho or Coman, uh, or Gnabry, depending on who starts. If you have either of those guys available to come off the bench to correct a situation that's not going, you know, the way you want it to, you know, what is the harm in that? But I think Muller, you know, tonight against Olympiacos showed, you know, why he deserves a fair shout in the starting eleven. Yes, you can obviously say Olympiacos aren't going to be, you know, the best sample opponent to go by. Per- perhaps not the biggest test that Bayern would face, but you have to take it for what it is. You know, this is a team who were fighting for their lives in Group B in the Champions League, and now they are completely against it, as I mentioned, with the two difficult trips still to come on their um, Champions League fixtures list at the Allianz Arena um, and the Tottenham Stadium in North London. So, absolutely. Um, I don't think Nico Kovac listens to Bavarian Podcast Works, but if he does, Nico, please... You know, give Muller some more time at least if you're not going to start him altogether. In the first half, as I previously mentioned, they have nine points from all three games being perfect across the board. Do you think that they'll be able to continue that run into the second half, having to play home against Olympiacos, home against Tottenham, and then at Red Star? A big thing of that is going to be consistency. You know, yes, we've gotten off to a perfect and flying start in the Champions League, but can we translate this consistency to our weekend matches, which is where we seem to be struggling, uh, especially against the teams that on paper we really should be beating? And obviously, we find ourselves in the bid of a, you know, injury bind. You know, the injury gods, as everyone knows, absolutely hate Bayern Munich. We can never go a season without having a major player uh, suffer a serious injury, but. Fingers crossed for Hernandez that it's only a couple of weeks and not something as long as uh, Nicolas Sula's um, ACL injury, obviously. Um, The latest thing I've heard on Hernandez was that it was uh, a ligament in his ankle. Um, I believe Muller-Wolfhart had said that after assessing him, and so hopefully he's back in a couple of weeks. But again, 
what I want to see, um, I, I don't want to see this stop and go. Um, and, and by that, I mean underperforming on the weekend. And then when the week rolls, when a Champions League week rolls around performing um, the way uh, we know how to perform and up to our ability. So to answer that question in kind of two parts, I guess, I, I do think we have what it takes to carry that momentum into the second half. Um, and at this point, um, as we w- were discussing earlier, I believe that if Bayern win one more game and if Tottenham fail to win any of their remaining games, that pretty much clinches our progression uh, to the knockout stages. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, where we wind up, you know, with regards to which opponent we have in the, the round of 16. Like, God forbid we draw Liverpool again or, you know, one of the, the teams that went really far you know, it, we just don't have much luck. And, and please, if Real Madrid make it through too, please just do not let us draw them again as I don't think any of us can get put through that. Or if we do, just absolutely batter the living you-know-what out of them. But yeah, I think I think that um, we can carry this momentum into the second half as long as uh, Niko Kovac makes the right personnel choices, as long as the players play up to their ability. I know uh, a lot of what we've written about on our site this week you know, I've personally written about Effenberg, Hans Meyer, talking about, you know, Nico Kovac. The, the finger shouldn't always be pointed at him at some point after he puts the right personnel out on the pitch um, and coaches the right tactics as he did uh, against Augsburg. You know, it's down to the players to convert the chances and get the job done. So, you know, as long as the collective unit keeps a level head and stays focused um, and is ready to get results, I think that um, we will see this team continue to flourish in the Champions League and I hope that we can translate that to uh, the Bundesliga as well. And with that, we are going to wrap up this episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. Be sure to stay tuned for our next episode of Der Ausblick coming this Friday when we talk about Bayern's upcoming game at the weekend against Union Berlin. I want to thank my contributor and friend Tom Adams for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at TommyAdams71. You can follow me on Twitter at Jefferson Fenner. And be sure to follow the blog on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks. Once again, thank you to FC Bayern US for agreeing to do this contest with us. Be sure to tweet us using that hashtag MullerWeen. And be sure to follow us and the Bayern main account in order to be able to win. So from all of us here, thank you very much for listening. Please be sure to like, share, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your high-quality audio content. And we will see you later with another great episode. So until then, auf Wiedersehen.